The rapid corporatization of U.S. healthcare has generated attention among medical professionals, policymakers, and the public. It also raises questions about the usefulness of the so-called corporate practice of medicine doctrine in the United States and about how it could be strengthened. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Aaron Fusay-Brown, a professor of law and director of the Center for Law, Health, and Society at Georgia State University and a member of the journal's Perspective Advisory Board. Professor Fusay-Brown has co-authored a perspective article about corporate practice of medicine laws in the United States. Professor Fusay-Brown, what is the corporate practice of medicine doctrine and how did it come about? So the corporate practice of medicine doctrine is really an old doctrine that is the product of state law, and that is state legislation and judge-made law, court decisions. And really the key of it is that it is a prohibition on the unlicensed practice of medicine by lay corporations or entities. And what that translates into is it generally means that lay corporations, unlicensed persons can't employ, direct, or own a physician practice. So you say in your perspective article that U.S. states vary in the scope and robustness of their approaches to corporate medicine. Overall, what do these laws generally entail? Generally, they entail sort of if you were to sort of take the average corporate practice prohibition. Again, most states have a law on the books that bars the unlicensed practice of medicine. So that prevents someone who doesn't have a medical license from holding themselves out as a physician, seeing patients, and basically the public policy concern about someone who doesn't have a license practicing medicine. So what that has been interpreted in most states to mean is that in addition to an unlicensed person, it means that an unlicensed corporation cannot also really control or own or direct a physician's practice of medicine. And that generally has meant historically that corporations and for-profit entities can't buy a physician practice, they can't employ a physician because that would be controlling or directing that physician's practice of medicine. So that's sort of the basic prohibition that's been on the books in a lot of places for many years. And that's sort of the average understanding of what the corporate practice of medicine prohibition would hold. However, there is, as you mentioned, a range, meaning that over time, a lot of states have sort of chipped away at this prohibition and so allow some types of corporations, particularly hospitals, to employ physicians because hospitals are also licensed, also regulated, and also owe professional and quality standards to be licensed to provide these services. So there have been some exceptions built in over the years that have meant the corporate practice of medicine has weakened from its initial ban from all corporate ownership or employment of physicians. And overall, you say that these prohibitions have had little practical effect when it comes to corporate ownership of physician practices. So what have been the trends in corporate ownership and acquisitions more recently? Yeah. So more recently, we, of course, seen in the news, there have been a huge trend of corporate investment, both from private equity, but also publicly traded corporations, where we see um, billions of dollars streaming into healthcare. And a lot of that is going to the acquisition of physician practices. So now nearly 70% of physician practices are either owned by a corporation like a health system or a hospital or another type of corporate entity, whether it's United's Optum or another type of retailer like CVS Aetna or Amazon even. So we see that this trend means that even private equity and other types of corporate investors are really flooding the space of physician practices so that now the majority of physicians are employed or their practices are owned in some way, shape, or form by a corporate entity. So why haven't corporate practice of medicine laws prevented these sort of shifts in ownership? 
For the reason that corporate practice of medicine laws have not prevented the sort of corporate takeover of physician practices is usually through what we think of as sophisticated contracting tactics. So one of the things that corporate entities and investors figured out a long time ago is a lot of times you can get around the corporate practice prohibition at the state level if the person who's nominally in control of physician practice has a medical license. So that person could be on the payroll of the investor, and often they are. Usually they're either an officer or director of the management service organization that the investor puts up to manage and control all of these physician practices, or that they basically have contractual control over the physician practice, even if the principal or the head or the owner, so to speak, is someone with an MD behind their name. So they've just figured out ways to contract around it using either management services contracts or what we call in the business the friendly professional corporation or friendly PC model, where you really just install someone who is in the employment of the corporate entity at the top of the physician practice. And as long as that person themselves is an MD, then you can circumvent the corporate practice prohibition. But for all intents and purposes, these physician practices are rolled up into the corporate entity and taking their cues from an increasingly ceding control to the corporate investor. Finally, and given all of that, you write that a renewed examination of these laws may be warranted, both to adapt them to today's healthcare environment and perhaps to help temper the pace of corporate takeovers in medicine. So what kinds of reforms would be necessary for corporate practice of medicine restrictions to actually have meaningful effects? One of the things that states can look at, because states are concerned that their physicians in their state are being acquired and increasingly sort of put at the behest of these corporate takeovers. So states looking to reform their corporate practice laws could really strengthen them. They could strengthen them legislatively by basically tightening down the loopholes that allow these corporate entities to contract around the corporate practice prohibition by saying that not only does the licensed physician need to be in control of clinical decision making, but also the licensed physicians need to be in control of business and administrative decisions, especially those that implicate patient care. So you can imagine things like staffing decisions or payer contracts or other things that might implicate the quality or the patient experience of patient care. The other thing we were looking to do is to sort of allow states to outlaw the practice of the friendly PC model to basically say it doesn't count as having physicians in control of the entity if that the physician who is at the top of the org chart is also an employee of the corporate investor. So basically that person is disqualified from satisfying the corporate practice of medicine. You can't just hide behind the fact that that person has an MD, but they're disregarded. And really it's the practicing clinical physicians that have to be in charge of the day-to-day both clinical and major business decisions of the practice moving forward. Thank you, Professor Fusay-Brown.